Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I'm your host, Paula Adams, and today I have a very special guest, my friend Richard Reset. He lives in western New York, um, what some of us might think of as upstate New York, but according to him, they're two different things, and you'll get to hear about that as well. And where, how do I know Richard? Uh, we met on Facebook. And we figure it was probably about 10 years ago. Um, I had a running group there called Runner's Life. And Richard was one of the members. And we we got to become good friends. And even though that group is no longer on Facebook, me and Richard still love to chat almost every day. So I hope you'll listen in and find out more about New York and Texas and all the little interesting things we have to talk about today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Okay. Well, how was your dinner? My dinner was good. It was uh, like I was telling you, it's almost like a, what you'd have in the summer, you know, speedies and a, a cold salad. And uh, Now, oh, what else? Well, now, when you say speedies, okay, you sent us a bottle of sauce. What, what exactly or how do you prepare when when you say you're having speedies, you know, what how do you what what exactly does that entail? Well, the the traditional way is you take uh, like what these were. I took chicken breast, cut it up into chunks, uh huh, no maybe an inch by inch kind of thing, like you'd put in a skewer, oh. and uh, and uh, I put them in a uh, freezer bag. I didn't put it in the freezer, but just for a container, dumped a bunch of the speedy sauce in and let it sit there and marinate in the refrigerator for about three days. Ah. And uh, turn it over now and then mix it up, you know, so it's, it's sure. even. And I actually did these uh, traditional way because it's uh, pretty much the easiest. I just stuck them on a skewer and put them on the grill outside. Oh, cool, and, uh, cool. Let them let them cook up. The uh, I was reading uh, online, and the the one article I was reading said that the, they pretty much only exist in the Broome County, New York, which is where uh, where we lived for years. That's where my wife grew up. Also, oh, so they had a there was a there was a, a Speedy's restaurant or a, or a, a chain or something or. Well, no, some, uh, they came from Italy um, and somebody brought them and then everybody started making them and it developed into now that there's speedy restaurants. They have, Uh they have some other things too, but you know, primarily speedies. There's a speedy fest and balloon rally with, uh, you know, hot air balloons 
and all these people compete, see who makes the best feedies. <laughs> and, uh, and, but thing. you put it, you put it on a bun, right? Uh, you well, like going back to the traditional way, is you just take a slice of Italian bread and kind of fold the bread over the speedies while they're on the skewer and slide them off, and that's how you eat it. You don't put anything on it, like ketchup or anything. It's very simple, really. Now, in the restaurants where they're, you know, they're trying to feed a whole bunch of people, they'll cook them on an open flame, generally, I believe, but. Uh, you know, on, on a rack of some kind, they don't have time to stick them all on skewers. And they'll make them, if you want, uh, you know, it depends what your appetite is. They'll put them on a big sub roll or a slice of bread, just depends how how they're set up and what you want. So there's, you know, the really traditional way is on a skewer and then with Italian bread, but you, you can do it however you want, really. They also make them, I, I made these out of chicken, but they can, They started off originally were lamb, and then they became lamb or pork or chicken or uh, venison. Yeah. I don't know if you could hear that. My son called on the other line. No, I did not. Okay. I kept Sorry. talking because I, I didn't hear anything, so I just kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, sorry about that. It, I don't know. Somehow the phone was able to do two things at it, once. It's like it, it's like it cut into the, to the kid calling and just, just muted everything else. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so I missed the well, – you were saying that you, you – um, basically eat it on a, wrapped in a piece of Italian French bread or Italian bread. So yeah. do you mean, do you mean like a, like a loaf or like a slice of bread? A slice. A slice. Wow. Okay. A slice. Well, I was saying the, the put... easy way, the easy way is you just pick up the skewer with the, the chunks of speedy meat on it mm -hmm. and hold a slice of bread against it and pull the skewer out. And now you got, a slice of bread with meat in it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so, but in the in the restaurants where they don't have time to to use skewers and stuff like that, they'll just put them on a, a rack over the flame and cook them that way. Ah. And okay. I, one time, I was at a a picnic with a, a group, and we were making speedies. I was one of the people running it, so I was one of the ones making them. And I wanted to make quite a lot at one time, so I took one of those little uh, things for hamburgers. You, you put four hamburgers in it, hold it over a fire, uh -huh. and I filled that up with the with the. I think it was chicken that we were using. Filled that up with that, and people were overlooking. He's not using skewers like <laughs> against the law or something. You can't some, do that. Yeah, some people are really uh, traditionalist. Real sticklers, huh? Yeah. And I guess they never <laughs> saw how they do it in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. But they That's never like really... you, you are breaking a rule like uh, putting beans and chili down here in Texas. <laughs> you know, they'll okay. they'll they don't allow, they don't believe in that. Some people, no beans. Some people, some people. It's yeah. about a fifty fifty. 
split. <laughs> Is it? I always yeah. put beans and chili. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, uh, otherwise, it's just meat soup, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. You can make your own speedy sauce. You don't have to order it from New York. Yeah, actually, that it's pretty much like Italian dressing, what we consider Italian dressing. And, and we do marinate chicken in Italian dressing like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it mm -hmm. would be similar. Yeah, I know it is similar to Italian dressing. I have maybe a recipe for Maybe a little bit it. different spices, you know, maybe yeah. different spices, but pretty similar. Well, John is a big fan of pickled foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he wants me to make some pickled eggs. Yeah, which... with, with beets. With beets. And, yes. Uh, oh, beets. yes. Yeah. So they turn pink. Richard knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start interviewing you, Richard, <laughs> if you want to. He's going to talk about how we met on the Runner's Life group. That seems like ages ago, doesn't it? It certainly does. Actually, it probably was, what, not 10 years ago, but maybe. Yeah, it wasn't... I mean, it was around 11 or 12, yeah. I think. Yeah, and it wasn't that long after I'd moved here. You know, I've lived here longer than any place I lived since I, since we got married, huh. and that was 1969. Was, and we always planned on living in the same house for a long time. And <laughs> talk about plans that didn't work out. The house we built to retire in was three houses. Oh, wow. And, and where did you move from before this? Uh, the Albany area, okay. right near right near Saratoga. So it's always been in, in New York. No, uh, when the when the power company laid everybody off, there was nothing else going on than down in the Binghamton area where we where we were. And uh, the job I got was in Vermont. Oh. And after I was there for about a year, I could see that that company was going nowhere. So uh, maybe two years, but it wasn't very long. Yeah. I started looking around and I got a job in the Albany area. The office was in one of the Albany suburbs. Actually, it was in Troy, New York, which was across the Hudson River from Albany. Oh, okay. And, uh, and uh, so we moved down there and where we ended up living was up uh, up near Saratoga. Now, I know you told me that your dad worked. How do you, Mora? Yeah. Now, is that where you lived as a child? I lived there till I was 19 when we moved. He he built the house when we had he had two kids and then they had three more and it was a small Cape Cod. <laughs> had three more kids and they finally decided this house was too small. We moved down to Plattsburgh, which is uh, up there, that little corner of the state. Plattsburgh's the big town. <laughs> the town I live in here is three times bigger. On the other hand, Dannemora had a population of about a thousand. Oh wow. Now, is that counting the prison? No, there's probably 3,000. Yeah. I, I have never stories. Of, well, it's such a beautiful state. You know, I can I can understand the draw, the mountain, the tree, and just, you know, it does have a lot to offer. But with the politics and all, I don't think I could live there, you know. And, and it's interesting to me how Texans and New Yorkers are so similar in so many ways, except for new york city <laughs> yeah yeah new york city there's there's a movement there seems like there's always a movement to separate new york city from the rest of the state <laughs> and there there are groups that you know form up and try to figure out how to do it and sometimes they want to make three different areas 
like uh, because uh, the one idea is take everything from the county above New York City and separate it to huh. above and below, which would include Long Island. Then the people say, on Long Island, say, wait a minute, we don't want to be with them either. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so this this has been going on for a long time, and it'll probably never happen. The, the way it works is there's just so many people in the city that they control the politics for the state. Yeah, there's just by their density of population. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people want to want Austin not be part of Texas <laughs> <laughs> for the same reason. For the same yeah. reason. <laughs> I've, I've heard that even up here that uh, all the left wing people moved to Austin and took it over. And California, yeah. all the Californians came in. Of course, when the big tech companies moved moved their stuff to Austin, they brought their they brought a lot of their employees with you know. And and now uh, that. Uh, that Musk built this monster, monster factory to build those Tesla uh, trucks. He's building Tesla trucks, I guess. And, Are they uh, self-driving? I, I don't know about that, but I saw a picture of the building in the in the uh, in the paper that Lance had at work today, and the building is a mile long. Wow! And, and it looks like it's about five stories tall. It's just just this massive warehouse they said that to do stuff on the roof they put golf carts up on the roof to drive around on the roof to go fix things and do things on the roof of this building wow. so and big yeah. <laughs> i mean a mile that's that's pretty big well the picture's impressive yeah if you see the, the aerial picture it's like my gosh you know well, i i was just looking earlier and i saw that he sent up he sent up a whole bunch of satellites or something today from one Did of it? his rockets, mm, yeah. Mm. So that guy, he is just—he's got, got he knows, a lot of stuff going on. He knows how to make a dollar. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, another thing I was going to ask you about. Um, well, you you wanted to tell me about sailboats, so tell me. Well, I, I said we could talk about well, sailboats. Let's talk about sailboats. That. I actually went out on a sailboat one time with a friend of mine uh, down in the Galveston area. And, you know, it was fun and all, but that's really the only time that I've ever been on a sailboat. I don't think I've ever been on a sailboat. No. No. Not that I can, uh, not that I can recall. Was that something you grew up doing, or did you learn that as an adult? I was a kid visiting a friend of mine on a little lake up north, and the, there was camps all along the lake, and the people next camp over had a small sailboat, maybe 14, 16 feet, and the guy took us out on it. And I thought, this is a lot of fun. But then was, I had no way to, to get one after that. And I don't think Cindy had ever sailed. And we'd gone on a vacation with her parents up to Maine. And one night we went, uh, we left the <laughs> kids were old enough. We could leave them back, you know, with a pizza or something. But the, the four of us went on a, a charter sailboat with uh, one other couple there. And the, the guy that owned the boat had, could take six people out at a time. 
and he had a very nice sailboat and we went out for whatever it was you know, two or three hours cruising around the, a three the hour there. yeah <laughs> but, but but he got back and you know, <laughs> he he had a lot of stories about living up there he was uh the captain for i think mrs astor at one time huh. and he says he 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 got boring because she'd take her friends and they'd take the boat and he'd go out and he'd just anchor the boat, you know, behind an island or something where they could all have tea. But he said, but they never drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, Cindy said, yeah, this is fun. So uh, sometime after that, we, we got the idea that a yeah, sailboat might be fun. So we bought a 17-foot sailboat, a used one from somebody. And actually, it wasn't a very good sailboat. It, it didn't sail, you know, that's like we really wanted. Did, huh? <laughs> so we we sold it and bought a sixteen foot sailboat. It was one foot smaller, but a lot a lot better sailor. Huh. And that got us thinking. Yeah, this is fun. And we we got talking about should we get a bigger one and this and that. And at some point along the way, there's Cindy got me for Christmas presents. She got me uh, sailing courses up on uh, Lake Ontario. Well, I was going to ask you: is it is it hard to learn how to sail? No, not really. No, no. And uh, and a friend of mine, the guy I worked with, his wife gave him the same thing. The the two women got in cahoots there, so that he and I went up and took the sailing courses. And after that, he, his wife didn't go. <laughs> she didn't want anything to do with it, I guess. But he came and Cindy and I and my sister and her husband, and we uh, chartered one, rented it, I guess is the proper term. But we took a, a sailboat they had there available for, uh, I think, three days, probably two nights. And uh, the next year, we did the same thing with my sister and her husband and one of my other sister's husbands over in Lake Champlain, up uh, where I'd come from. And we chartered a boat out of there, sailed around the lake. And that was about all it was. And then uh, hmm. we said, oh, geez, we got to get a bigger boat. So that's, that's when uh, we did a lot of research and got a 30-foot boat. Wow. That's quite a jump from a 16-footer, huh? Yep. <laughs> Yep. But a, a smaller one is a good way to start because you, you learn, you learn your sailing, learn how to handle the boat because uh, they'll, they will likely respond quicker to a wind change or something. So, you know, the, <clears throat> you can learn some boat handling on a small one. Seems like I remember as, as a kid and in scouts and stuff, uh, you know, kids that were guys that were taking the, saline merit badge or something like that uh they they would they would use a boat called a sunfish is that that's is that, a little bitty one. yeah yeah, the, yeah those are tiny little tiny sailboat I, and i yeah. guess that you know just is the bare essence of what you need to, to sail i imagine huh? yeah well on the on a 30 footer i mean are you doing everything with like a steering wheel whatever you call that what do you call the steering wheel wheel the wheel okay <laughs> so you're not are you out there like you know 
you're not managing the sales by hand, right? I mean, like on you, like well, you would on a sunfish. Is, right? I mean, yeah, you are. See, the, the the smaller ones, a lot of them are called wet boats or considered a wet boat because you're likely to get wet <laughs> sailing. Uh, uh, when you get up to a bigger one, like probably from 22 foot up, <clears throat> they're considered dry boats. I mean, you can get some spray. And if you're out and the storm comes up, you're going to get wet. But just generally sailing around, they're, they're nice and dry. And up to uh, 22, even a 27, and even some bigger ones. Some people like a tiller, which is the stick yeah. that's in the back you steer with. Right. And you push it. If you want to go to the left, you push it to the right, and it confuses people. <clears throat> but uh, starting at, I've seen 27-footers with a wheel. The wheel is more intuitive. You know, you turn it the same way you turn the boat. Right, like like a car or something. Yeah, like a car or truck. And ours had a wheel. And the sails are basically the, the same general idea, but on a bigger boat, they're bigger sails. So what you have is winches. So you, the line that you want to use to uh, raise the sail or whatever you're doing with it, you wrap it around the winch a couple of times and then use a crank and crank it and if you're if you have a lot of money and you're old and feeble you can actually buy powered winches that you put to the line around it and then press the button and the winch will turn for you ah oh I, that sounds good <laughs> I, i've never i've never had that oh, oh you ours didn't have was, a fancy one like that huh no ours was a good uh, a good boat but it didn't have i could have bought them you know and installed them and added them sure that was sure. didn't even think about it at the time I, I wouldn't now either probably but the ours was 30 feet and it, it could sleep six it had a head which is nautical term for toilet right right and uh, had a shower and uh, had an ice box no refrigerator and uh, propane stove, countertop, sink. So most of the time when we could, we'd go out for a weekend and we'd, we'd go out in the lake, stay over in a bay or something. Ah, just just anchor it wherever you felt and, and stay there the night, huh? Yeah. Huh. And we sometimes we traveled with two other boats people that we knew from the marina and we'd sail up the lake and stop someplace i'll get together in one boat for the evening stuff like that it was a lot of fun yeah can you can you sail on a river or does it have to be a lake well sailing you're you're kind of stuck with the wind you know yeah that's what i was so thinking. you can sail on a river but it's good you're not going to be able to get back you know, my, we tried to get my brother-in-law and his wife to go sailing with us, and they kept resisting. And he said, "Suppose we don't get back." And I said, "We've always gotten back, Ed." On <laughs> <laughs> uh, a river, you, you, quite often you'd have current too, so you can sail yeah. on the river. It's uh, 
I would say more difficult on the, like uh, the Hudson River in the lower area. That's like a huge lake. You could, you could sail on that. It's, I've it's seen... nice wide. Yeah. For, I guess what is it when you when you uh, when you're going back against the wind? Don't they call it tacking? I guess you have to kind of zigzag and back yeah. and forth. Work yeah. the sail in such a way to to try to go against it. That must be that must be tricky. <laughs> It well, looks, it looks on New York's finger, yeah. on New York's Finger Lakes, they're called Finger Lakes because that's the shape. Yeah, and uh, you do a lot of tacking. Ah, uh, uh. If you're lucky, the wind will windy? be coming. Hmm? Is it is it pretty windy up there? It can be. Yeah, it's not too bad. It you know, depends on the day. It's, well, it's windier up Texas, on Lake, Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Lake. Excuse me? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lake Ontario and Lake Erie, the big uh, Great Lakes, they're so wide open that I think the winds are steadier. Uh, and the Finger Lakes, the one we were on was about a mile wide at the widest, maybe, maybe wider than that, but not much more, and more, like 40 miles long. So and we were Marino is at Ithaca, which is at the south end of the lake, where it's narrower. <laughs> so you you go out onto the lake from the marina, and then it's most of the time the wind's coming from the northwest or something like that, and you just tack 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 <laughs> try to get up somewhere. Yeah. Well, so can you do that year round, or is that only like a summer activity? Can't do it year-round here. Yeah, ice falling. <laughs> well, okay. Now I know you were telling me you you went on a on a boat trip through the locks, right? Yes, that's when we. Was that was, in the sailboat? No. Uh, what happened was Cindy's asthma started getting bad, and if you're out in the sailboat and the the wind stops and it's a hot day. And you're asthmatic. That's not good. <laughs> and you know, we had a motor. It was a motor, but they don't motor fast like a speedboat. They motor yeah. It's slow. like a horse or something. Yeah. Well, well, this was a nineteen nineteen horse, I think. It was a Yanmar diesel. Oh, like what you'd have in a John Deere tractor some years ago. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so, you know, she'd be suffering until we'd finally get back to land. So we mm -hmm. finally decided to sell the sailboat and get a powerboat. Mm. And the powerboat we got actually had a a house air conditioner in it. So if you're at at shore, when you have the shore power, you can run the air conditioning as cold as you want. Ah. And that's the boat we bought down in the Hudson, uh, just north of West Point. And we took it up the Hudson, which is a tidal river, all the way to Albany. And uh, so there, up, there was, was there wasn't a generator in that uh, boat to run the AC when you're away from shore. No. Oh, okay, okay. But when you're going in the powerboat, that was a slow powerboat. Right. But it was. Uh, um, Still, you'd still get enough breeze, and she never had a problem with that. Yeah, but, gotcha. Uh, 
But you go up to Albany, then you start going through the locks up uh, partway in the Hudson River, and then it's just a straight canal the rest of the way up to Lake Champlain. And then you got uh, 200 miles of Lake Champlain if you want to go to from one end to the other. And we we did actually went <laughs> most of the way. Wow! It was about a a three or four day trip. One of our sailing buddies went with us, which was helpful going through the locks. Um, how many? How many? When you, when you say locks, how many steps, or how many? You know, how many? You know, gates or whatever. Do you have to go through? Is it just one or? Well, a, a lock has a a gate to go in and another one to go out. Right. So I mean, yeah. In other words, but so so just in that one box, we'll call it. You know, you're in there. They're 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 pumping water and changing the water level and whatnot, right? And then yep. let you. Gotcha. Okay. And you're you're holding the boat against the side. Sometimes there's cables you hold onto. Sometimes there's a stairway, and you grab hold of the rungs as they go up. Huh. Otherwise, you, you know, the water coming in could push you around. Right, right. And there, there may be other boats in there too. Oh, must be a must be a heck of a pump to <laughs> fill them things up, huh? Um, I don't know because I think they just take the water from the high side, use it to fill. Yeah. Okay. So they maybe just just let it seek its own level then, huh? Yeah. I don't know if they open a, a valve so the water comes in. I don't know if any of them have a, a pump to help it or not. Ah, okay, okay. I find canals very interesting, but I don't know some of the details of them. But yeah, that was, uh, I think there was 10 locks in the Champlain Canal. Oh, wow. Wow, do that 10 times, huh? Yeah. Wow. Is I assume it's a, a scenic, a scenic journey. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. So, so it's not like you're. I mean, you're going through some pretty, pretty places, right? Yep. Yep. In New York, you got the Champlain Canal from basically Albany to Lake Champlain, but the Erie Canal goes east to west, Albany to Buffalo, hmm. and you get a lot of scenery there. Wow. The only thing I know about the Erie Canal is that children's song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, which one? Low Bridge, Everybody Down? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we out in the Buffalo area, in western New York, it's like a different country. You know, it's just like you got the rest of the state and then you got western New York. And the yeah. whole way of the whole way of thinking is like that out here. I didn't realize how much so until I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Me, me and Faith were talking about how regional, you know, New York is re, New York has a lot of regional um, cultures and Texas is the same, you know, because Texas is a big place and, and it has very different, um, terrain you know the yeah. panhandle and the south and the piney woods and all that huh 
Okay, before before we let you go, because I know it's we're getting kind of you're probably getting tired of talking. Um, I was gonna ask you, um, like, how long have you been in the Knights of Columbus, and have you always been, you know, so into volunteering, or was that something you started doing when you uh, retired? Well, I joined the Knights of Columbus when I was 18. Oh, okay. And at that time, I was still, I was, I was in high school. I was just finishing high school and going to college. I wasn't all that active. I was, I did some things, but obviously it's not a time of your life you're doing a lot of volunteer stuff. And then, uh, then I got out for a couple of years because we moved away and uh, <clears throat> had no money <laughs> and I didn't want to pay the dues. So I was out for, I don't know, three, four years or something. And then I came back in, in I think 1978. And uh, I got active at that point in uh, the council. That's what they're individual groups are called down where we live in Vessel. And that I was doing some volunteer stuff. One of the things I was doing is I was one of the bingo workers. So we run the bingo game and give the money away. Mostly when I got here and I was retired that I started volunteering more. I mean, like Meals on Wheels and stuff like that. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah, that's mostly since I got here. I didn't do that when I was working. Well, you seem like you're pretty busy between the Meals on Wheels and the your church singing and your band and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you know, how did you how did you I'm curious about the funerals. Is that connected with your church or is that something separate singing? That's that's part of the Connected with the church. Uh, when we moved here, we'd been here I know, a year, some length of time, I don't know what. And uh, Cindy was always good with flowers. We always had flowers everywhere we lived. And uh, they needed help at the church with the outdoor flowers. So she volunteered us, I guess, <laughs> to help out. <laughs> And they had, there was a woman running it at the time, and somehow the conversation came around to singing or something, and she told me about they have this uh, funeral choir. They call it the Resurrection Choir, but that gets confusing to people, so I just call it the Funeral <laughs> yeah, Choir. <right. laughs> and especially confusing because a mile away or a couple of miles away is another church. That's that's the name of that church is Resurrection. So, ah. So anyway, that's how I got into that choir. And then that is part of the church. Okay. Well, and I think that's such a really cool thing that y'all do for people. Well, I hope so. There's a, there's a funeral tomorrow, and I'll probably be the only singer there. Because I can, I can walk there if I have to. It's not that far away. <laughs> what, you got snow on the ground up there right now? Oh, yeah. Oh. How much? Oh, I don't know. Well, Maybe it, a pretty foot. Much, it pretty much stays there, right? It doesn't. It doesn't I, melt, does it? 
No, sometimes it will, but no, not when it's been cold like this. We might have a foot new snow by tomorrow. They, they keep changing their mind how much we're going to get. But right. <laughs> hey, sounds like you got the same weather guys we got. <laughs> I think so. But I sent I sent Paula pictures of uh, the snow when I went out to the grocery store of the, what the streets are like and the, and the big machine that they're using in the parking lot at the grocery store to clear the snow. Uh, like a like a blower or, or just a plow? It's um. I'll show it. It's to like you. a front end loader on tires. Tires about six foot high. Yeah. A, a huge scoop on the front. <laughs> I follow a guy on on my blog group that lives in Liverpool, and mm-hmm. he was, you know, he always posts pictures of the snow and stuff. They get a lot of snow in Liverpool. <laughs> See, Liverpool is is near Syracuse. That's on the east end of Lake Ontario, so they'll get the lake effect snow there, like we get it off Lake Erie here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The snowiest part of the state is north of Syracuse, maybe 30 miles. It's right off, right off the east end. It's got the, picks up all the moisture from the length of Lake Ontario and dumps it over there. So it just like snows a, a lot there. Yeah. What it sounds like. Does any does anyone want to live there? Oh yeah, a lot of people love it. <laughs> they do. It, do. Are there mountains? Can you ski too? Or... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Up in the Adirondacks, there's several ski centers all over. That's where the uh, Olympics were in the. Oh. Was it the 30, 1930, and then the nineteen eighty Olympics, when the when our hockey team beat the Russians. Oh, the Miracle on Ice. The Miracle on Ice, yes. Yeah, yeah. That took I, place in in Lake Placid. You know, you I think you had told Paula she needed to watch that movie. And, and uh, she was telling me about, I've seen that movie. I was like, yeah, well, let's watch it again. That was a great movie. <laughs> it is, yeah. And if there's anything about what they're doing, you know, the rules of hockey that are confusing, just let me know. I'll explain them. Yeah, <laughs> there are there are some little nuances there. If you don't understand what they are, right, the game right. doesn't make much sense. <laughs> of course, they've changed a bunch of the rules from then till now too. So, oh, really? Yeah, not huge changes, but uh, you know, they used huh. to have the the red line in the middle. Of the line is still there, but it used to be that you couldn't pass from over two two lines. Oh. But then they to make the game faster, they took that rule away. So they could, they could just smack it all the way down the deal to another guy. And, uh... Well, no. That's why I say it. it is a bit confusing. If you hit the puck all the way to the other end, from your end, yeah, that's, that's illegal. That's called icing. And then they bring it back and have you had have a face-off in your Do another face-off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but actually, if your guy beats their guy all the way down there to the puck, that's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, <laughs> so, you know the only uh, 
the only experience I have with hockey is when, when I was a kid, me and my brother got a, a tabletop hockey game for Christmas one year, you know, with the little handles that you turn and the guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, the guys swing around what, so that's, that's uh, that's about my limited knowledge of hockey there. <laughs> yeah, we had one of those. I, I used to play that with my son all the time. He usually won, if I remember right. That and uh, and I guess you had the electric football, the 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 vibrating table with the little guys that <laughs> vibrate all around the football player. I think we played a game in in PE class called line hockey or something, and. We Outside. had to get... I'm trying to remember. Did y'all play that? I don't recall. Oh, there's well. uh, up here. It's field hockey, and the the girls play it. It's a girls' sport. Like a like a soccer ball or something. That maybe that uh, was. No, the ball is. I would say more the size of a softball. Oh, okay. It's a smaller. And, okay. And there's there's sticks have a hook on the bottom like a J, an upside down J. No, it'd be a right side up day. <laughs> and they they bat it around and I don't know I don't know much about it. I've never actually watched the game, but huh. it's a I think in other like Europe, I think men play field hockey, but in this country hmm. it's pretty much a women's game. Ah. Uh, hmm. Okay. So you may have played played that. If you, was it outside or inside you did that? I'm trying to remember. I I think it was something we played inside, you know, like on rainy days. Oh yeah. When, when they had us in the gym or something. But I don't know. That was that was like uh, what 1970. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, hockey so, is uh, it's a fun sport and. Uh, did you read that article about the woman trainer? I read, I just started reading it and then, I don't know, I got distracted. <laughs> well, you get the idea of what the, the hockey culture is when you see the, the way everybody was so happy that she got that job. You know, all the players, all the men. And huh. they were just ecstatic that she got her, her big chance. And the, I'll have to go back and read it. Not to take anything away from other sports, but in hockey, there's a, a lot of community involvement, and uh, you know the, the Sabers here have the, I think the Sabers Foundation, where they do all kinds of things to raise money for uh, Roswell Park and other other deserving causes, and it's a smaller uh, thing than football. I mean, football, you put 80 guys on the team or whatever the number is. In hockey, you have like 20, and people get to, there's opportunities to get to, closer to the players, you know. A little, little tighter, tighter knit. Yeah. Sure. Yep. So, so kids have their heroes and their, you know, oh, yeah. fav, favorite guys. Yep. So it's like really part of the culture. Yeah. It's more so in some places than others. Uh, Buffalo is one of the places where it is more so. Buffalo is not, not as much going on as you'd find like in Houston, a great big, huge city. So the, the football team and the hockey team are, a, you know, a bigger part of the culture here. 
Well, you know, when me and John were kids in Houston, it didn't seem like that big of a city, did it? Did no, it? It no. really didn't seem that big when we were growing up nope. there. And I mean, you know, we didn't know each other when we were kids, but we were actually grew up not that far away from each other. <laughs> um, you know, so we we both went to the Astrodome and Astro World. Do you know do you know what those are? Uh, I know what the Astrodome is. I don't know. Yeah, the Astro the Astrodome, you know, that's where that's where they used to play, you know, that that was our sports thing. Right. And then right next door was Astro World, which was like an a big amusement park. Okay. And then then they built the uh NRG or whatever it's called nowadays. It, where the Texans play. Yeah, Ener- Energy Stadium. Yeah, or... it used to be called something something else. And the Astros, our baseball team, used to play in the Astrodome. Yeah. But yeah. now now they play in Minute Maid Park or whatever it's called now. It might well, have a different name. <laughs> they they did they did everything in the Astrodome back then. They would have a, a thrill show and destruction derby every year. They would do tractor pulls they would do uh uh rodeo course yeah motorcycle racing uh rodeo yeah Uh, man they they used to do everything i've been to that dome a million times and they still haven't decided what to do with it they haven't they haven't torn it down or anything it i thought it's still there they just they can't make up their mind what to do with it you know oh yeah (laughs) Uh, sounds like here yeah, well, you know, yeah, I'm sure uh, everywhere you go, city governments are kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But hey, but hey. back in those days, the the at the uh, Oilers and the Astros, they were pretty. Um, they were almost like a you know, a small town, as far as like how many you know, fans. Everyone was very like I was. I was one of the kids that, you know, I was an Astros buddy, you know, which was like a, you know, a program for kids. And yeah. and you know, back then the, the tickets to the games were super cheap. So it was a family affair to go to the Astros games. And, you know, my, my parents didn't have a lot of money and I know they took us to the games pretty regularly. Yeah. So it was fun times. John John's got something pulled up on his phone. Well, is that is that that thinking about hockey? That old Paul Newman movie slap shot was was uh, pretty crazy. Oh yeah, that's a cult uh, <laughs> yeah. favorite yeah. in, in Canada. <laughs> yeah, the two that... brothers with the slot car track and stuff that always cracked me up. The the two brothers that were just like nuts, man. Oh, the, the three brothers. <laughs> yeah, the, Han- the Hansons. Hanson, there you go. <laughs> Three yeah. of them. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let, let me fill you in on that. Binghamton had a minor league team. Uh huh. Called the it was Broom County, so the team was called the Broom Dusters. Ah. <laughs> okay. Now Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is Western PA near Pittsburgh, right. they had a minor league team, the Johnstown Jets. And the two teams were rivals. Okay. Okay. Our team had a a very good skater. 
named Roddy Bloomfield, it happened to be his name. But Johnstown had a guy named Dave Hansen and the three Carlson brothers. Ah. And they were mostly fighters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one guy actually made it to the National Hockey League for a short career. Ah. Well, I think it was the wife of Dave Hansen actually wrote that that strip for that uh, movie. Oh, and, okay. So okay. I I'm, yeah, see so, the parables. I got you. So the way it worked out, then they got Paul Newman, but he he's not a skater, right? So they they had Roddy Bloomfield, the guy from our team, doing the, Yeah, he did the skating parts, <laughs> and they got. The, did they get all of them? No, I think they got two of the the Carlson brothers. Yeah. And the other one had moved on, like I said, to a bigger team. But they got the other two and Dave Hansen, that other guy on their team, and they changed their name to the, the Hansen brothers. <laughs> so we were pretty familiar with So that. So it was actually, those were actual skaters in those were those were the guys huh? yeah and that's that's what they looked like when they played with were they were they were they as rowdy in real life as they portrayed them in the movie oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah there's minor league hockey there's a lot of fights going on and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> oh i bet that was a local hit well like movie. You said, it's a cult oh it's yeah a cult favorite you know now yeah it's a cult favorite in Canada. I, I don't know <laughs> how much in the state. There was, I was told by a, a Canadian that I worked with that there were three. There's that and Strange Brew. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange Brew's a good one. I love that yeah. movie. And then there's a third one. Like I can never remember what the third one is. But I gotta watch Slapshot again. <laughs> it's not. It's not Canadian bacon with John Candy, maybe, and uh, Dan Aykroyd, or it could be. I I don't really remember. <laughs> what was that movie? Um, the Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. Yeah, I, I never saw that one. That was like a kids' movie. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's about the only one I remember watching. <laughs> yeah, but then An Anaheim got a team, and they called it the Mighty Ducks, but. Yeah, yeah. And then, then they changed the name to just the Ducks now. Uh. <laughs> Some, no, something was offensive about Mighty, I guess, or something <laughs> out there. <laughs> probably, I don't know. Well, it was probably a trademark or something, and they probably got in trouble for using it. There's no telling. Yeah, who knows? But it, it's a lot of fun. We went to a, a game. They also had a rivalry with Syracuse. They're only an hour away. And uh, we had understood that there was probably going to be some uh, friction there when they came to play. So we got to the game, and Cindy and I walked in. And there's all the people in the stands are shouting and yelling. And you look down on the ice, and there's a brawl going on. <laughs> and, we, and we asked the guy, we said, did the game start early? He says, no, this is a warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the game hadn't started yet. <laughs> and, of course, there's there's no referees, so there's, you know, the amount of control they can do with the 
bench clearing brawl anyway, but it wasn't even that. So it just, I guess they just tired themselves out. And... That's funny. They're warming up. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. But minor league hockey is, is, is fun. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of those soccer teams where people just go nuts. And they're so devoted to yeah, their usually, soccer. Usually, that's team. the people in the stands going nuts in hockey. Yeah. It's the guys. Yeah, it's the guys down on the both. ice. You know? Yeah. Sometimes it's both in both games. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun to go to. I don't know if you have it down there, but the indoor lacrosse. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it seemed like they tried that in Houston there for a little while, but but I haven't heard anything about that in years and years and years. Uh, um. I don't know. It didn't, didn't quite, I mean, I guess with all the, you know, Houston is, Houston is 50. Well, it's, uh, it used to be 51%, but I think it's well over that now of a Hispanic population. So uh, soccer, uh, soccer is the big, you know, the big draw, you know, and of course they got a, they got a, a, a professional soccer team uh-huh. franchise there, but, but yeah, soccer's always been pretty big in Houston. Uh, you know, like I say, I, I don't think lacrosse went over too hot, and and like I say, hockey didn't stay around super long. You know, but uh, but yeah, tons of ton. I mean, so everywhere you can't you can't throw a rock and not land on a soccer field in Houston. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that would work that way. Yeah, we've been to a few uh, indoor lacrosse games here. And what's fun about them is the the whole atmosphere is different than a hockey game. The uh, the crowd, they're all fanatics, huh. and they scream and yell. And in if you watch a hockey game, you won't hear any music or or the announcer talking, except to announce a goal maybe while the play is going on. Uh, you know, the organ player will play, and as soon as uh, they drop the puck, yeah, start he stops. Well, in lacrosse, it's not that way. The announcer actually keeps the crowd stirred up. Oh, <laughs> they got music playing the whole time, and and the <laughs> and the at least here in Buffalo, the fans, like I say, are fanatics. They they yelling and screaming, and it's it's a little cheaper to get into, so huh. we we got lower level seats <laughs> to sit there and watch the crowd, watch the game, and I don't know all the rules. I, I mean, I could follow what's going on, but I don't know all the real nuances of it. But, right. But it's a lot of fun to go to. Huh. Huh. It sounds like a very energetic, maybe uh, exhausting well, <laughs> event to watch. Yeah. Well, lacrosse is pretty pretty fast-paced, isn't it? It's... Yeah, yeah. It's a lot like hockey, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I always penalty- thought. I always thought hockey was quite fast paced, you know. Oh, I mean, it is, yeah, because you're on you skates. Know. Yeah, and the, that's the problem that people have when they first watch hockey. They uh, you have trouble following what's everything's yeah, going on. Get discouraged. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard for me to, to focus. If, if, if you watch that movie, though, it's it's a movie, so it's not all just uh, a hockey game. Yeah, I I will have to watch it. I, I want to see the Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's what it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I want I want to see that. 
maybe this weekend while we're staying inside and being yeah. warm. <laughs> but our our boys are home from work, so I guess we'll well, we the, will let you. The dogs uh, are fixing to go berserk. So. Yeah, we better we better <laughs> say goodbye before the dogs get alerted. <laughs> And start okay. howling in the background. Yeah, <laughs> but but we we really enjoyed chatting, yeah, and good. we'll have to do it again because talking with you, Richard. Yeah, yes, and there were yeah. other things that I wanted to talk about, so we'll we'll have to have a part two. There yeah, let's let's have a part two. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we're good. Well, we did too. So yeah, all right. Take yep. care. Stay warm. You too. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed our little chat. And we will definitely have Richard back again because we have many more things that we want to talk about. So thanks for listening to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. Please uh, leave me a review, share with your friends, and visit my blog, blueskiesandgreenpastures.com. Take care now. Bye-bye.